Welcome to Sporadic Phantoms. My name is Robin Case. And I'm Stevie Fortin. We don't need to hide ourselves anymore. Our last episode wasn't really an episode. It was the live stream that Kyle put on our YouTube channel. This is me giving you all proof of what is going on. So what's important is that you save this broadcast somehow if you can. What we all heard appeared to be pretty shocking. I mean, first of all, he was going on about Elizabeth showing him an alien slug in a jar. You want that in my ear? In my brain? Okay, okay, relax. It it won't hurt. Wait, all this was literal? You really put slugs in people's brains? He then made it seem like there was some kind of laser shootout at the sharing. Nancy, why do you have a laser gun? Traitor! Ah! Stay back, Kyle! Elizabeth! I want to help you get out of here. Oh my god, Elizabeth! As if Nancy Candleton would rush in, all vigilante-like, and save him with a laser gun? She's like 60 years old. Kyle then proceeded to break into our studio. That part at least was true. I got there because apparently our landlord heard the window breaking and was freaking out about it to me over the phone. I tried to get Kyle to calm down and leave the studio, but suddenly all the lights turned off and I just blacked out. And a light! And a light! I think Kyle or someone there with him hit me. I still can't believe he would do that. Kyle did all kinds of audio editing to alter or cover up what really happened that day. He overlaid some kind of zoo montage during his destruction of our studio. We're sure he had some help doing all that. By the time I arrived, the studio was totally wrecked. I think he had even sprayed fake blood and animal parts everywhere. So can you please explain what these these dead things on the floor? And whose blood is that? He played an out of context recording that had my voice in it, talking with Hedrick. But not only was it out of context, but it was also altered and partially deep faked. I suspect Karant must have forcibly infested her, but if not, you'll need to explain to us what really happened with this host. There was much that my host did not reveal publicly about her connection with Karant's program, and with Karant herself. And then, he punched me. So whoever was behind this recording wanted to turn you against me. Yeah? Well, it worked. Ah! My nose was bleeding. I was in shock. And that was it. I woke up much later, and Kyle was gone. Oh, and Jess? She was never there. Kyle must have spliced in her voice, and I think even deep-faked both of our voices, before I could actually wake up. Just hearing us talk about this stuff makes me realize even more how ridiculous it all sounds. And it's caused some of our listeners to believe in something wilder than any of the animal trafficking, tigers in the basement, human trafficking, abductions, 
Cult indoctrination, forest destruction, anything we've suspected the sharing was ever involved with. But we're about to make this all make sense. Because even though Kyle's live stream seemed totally absurd... Now we know that what was underneath it all was pretty serious and something we hadn't guessed before. We're going to explain everything we can. Stevie, I... I need a second. Are you okay? It's just... Kyle was kind of like a brother to me, you know? Listening back to our episodes, I got so angry with him. And I was so on edge. And then he told Elizabeth about us, and then he did what he did. He destroyed the studio. I may have snapped at him before, but he hurt us. He actually hurt us. I never thought in a million years that he would do that. I know. He's changed, and it's scary how far gone he is. But at least now we know more about why he did what he did. Some part of me still feels like it was my fault. I gave him too many second chances. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I probably pushed him closer to Elizabeth. And we ended up being so wrong. Hey, don't say that. It's not your fault. Plus, our investigation wasn't a failure. We may not have thought we'd get here exactly the way we did, but we know what's going on now. Yeah, we do. So, everyone, you may have been wondering what we've been doing since episode 9, when we decided to stop the podcast and stop our partnership. We didn't think we'd be back here together making a podcast episode. But things have changed. And you may be wondering where we physically are right now. Obviously, we're not in our regular studio. Yeah, after the Kyle debacle, the landlord evicted us. Plus, our equipment was beyond repair. But we have new mics, new computers, new monitors, desks, chairs. Yeah, the sharing bought us new everything. They even let us set up a new recording studio in the community center. In a multi-use space that was no longer being used. Their basement. So, yeah, we finally saw it. And it's, well, it's a basement. It doesn't have as much natural light as the old studio, but they're letting us use the space for free. They cleared out some of the old stuff stored down here. Oh, and the tiger cages. I'm kidding. So, okay. To understand how we even got to be on good terms with the sharing, we have to tell you how we got here and what we've each been doing since October. I left you all by saying that I would get back to you somehow. And I thought maybe I'd get something to take to law enforcement, the FBI. Maybe you'd hear about it on the news. Maybe I'd write a Vice article. But we didn't expect things to go the way they did. So here's me getting back to you this way instead. I did what I said I would. I kept going to be you now. I avoided Hedrick and the other full members at all costs. And I didn't talk to anyone else at the sharing besides Elizabeth, Jess, and the people in BU now. 
You have to remember that I thought the sharing had just been attacked at the beach. Or at least were involved in something that might get me hurt or shot if I got too close. Being now, on the other hand, felt safe in comparison. Ultimately, it was safe. I didn't experience anything else that seemed dangerous or particularly strange. I saw people I cared about every day. That made me feel more confident in going solo with my investigating because I wasn't really alone. Even though Elizabeth's teaching methods were misguided, the sharing's principles of togetherness and understanding the self through the other were strong enough to give me this bravery and confidence that I hadn't felt before. I had to remember my goal, to find out what was going on in the sharing. And I realized that the way I could finally do that was to become a full member. See, I realized something. Elizabeth was right. My resistance to full membership didn't matter. I had to let that go. It didn't matter how I really felt about full membership at the time. Full membership didn't have to mean anything to me. And I was realizing that the people around me at the sharing, they weren't exactly going missing. They were still around, living normal lives. And I knew that I was going to find the truth no matter what it took. I had to take a risk. I had to infiltrate the sharing in a way that I had not done before. So I did it. A few weeks after we stopped the podcast, I accepted full membership from Elizabeth. And then I realized full membership was just an integration of all of the philosophies that I had learned about in BU Now. I felt a small sense of relief, but a great sense of optimism that no matter what was going on with Elizabeth, being a full member of the sharing had a lot of benefits and could turn my life around for the better. I couldn't believe I didn't see that before, but I had built it up in my head as this big scary thing. Still, I had a nagging thought. Was that really what full membership was? Or was there still something hidden? It soon became clear that the real truth I needed to discover was no longer the truth of the sharing, but it was the truth of Elizabeth. Because once I became a full member, that's when her text started. They started almost casually at first, but then became more intimate. Not in a romantic or sexual way, but she started talking about reciprocation. Paraphrasing it, but she said, I got you into full membership. You owe me. You know the sharing's philosophy so deeply in your gut, and no other full member track could give you what I've given you in BU Now. And now we need to go beyond the sharing, beyond BU Now. 
you're ready to go deeper with me to achieve what no one else in the sharing can come close to and we can heal each other and we can heal the world. So Elizabeth wanted personal loyalty and something more. At first I couldn't pin down exactly what that was, but then well, she told me that she was the other. Yeah. See, especially after finally understanding Lord David Altman's philosophies from the inside out as a full member, her words just didn't sit right with me. The sharing is about being part of something greater. It's not about individual glory, gurus, cults of personality, at all. And then it hit me. I remembered what Richard Dolan had said about Elizabeth distorting the teachings of the sharing. Here it was. She wanted us to become full members, but in return, she wanted something from us. She wanted control. She wanted followers. She was trying to build something within the sharing. Something that didn't have to do with the sharing at all. I think she thought that if she could get enough followers, that she could orchestrate some kind of uprising against Stinton. And it wasn't just me being targeted. She put me in a group text. It was me, Jess, and some other former BU Now participants who had made it to full member. Some from my cohort, some from a while back who I didn't know as well. Whatever she was trying to build, she was trying to recruit people who went through BU Now to do it. All of them started talking about how we needed to get back at Stinton for what he was doing to Elizabeth. And she told us to come to the basement and not to tell anyone. Not even anyone in BU Now. Well, what was going on down there was beyond what any of us had experienced in BU Now. It was like cult stuff. Real culty stuff. And Elizabeth started involving some bizarre wellness treatments. It was, I guess, her way to heal us and heal the world. So, that's what the screams were about. She tried to blackmail me into keeping all this a secret. She said that she had connections with powerful hackers who could dox me, damage my name, destroy my career, steal my identity, frame me, get me in trouble for the investigation, and ensure that nobody would ever believe me. You know, she had my full name. But at that point, I was worried. Was full membership really just a facade for this secret society run by Elizabeth? Because if so, then I was right all along. And it really was a dangerous cult. And were Hedrick, Tom, Nicole, Pamela, Vanessa, everyone else, were they in on this too? Were they also being blackmailed? How could she continue to get away with this? And at the same time, it is true that Peter Stinton wanted to eliminate BU now. 
I decided that I needed to test the waters to try to see what other full members even knew about Elizabeth's plans. I decided to speak out during a full members meeting at a time when Elizabeth wasn't there. I spoke about the you now and Elizabeth in a way that was provocative, in a way that Elizabeth might want me to speak about it, but also hinting that the sharing was really a dangerous cult and that maybe full membership was not what it seemed. I tried to gauge their reactions. I still couldn't trust them. Now, I realize you heard an out of context and altered version of this meeting. It was played during Kyle's live stream. Now, when Kyle started to play the recording for me, I recognized it as being from that meeting, at least at first. It sounded right. I was talking with Hedrick about BU now, but then I realized someone must have altered the audio and like deep faked Hedrick's voice to include words and phrases he didn't say at all. Mainly the phrase forcibly infesting. I mean, what was that about? He didn't say that. Kyle potentially had access to countless audio files with Hedrick's voice in them. Whether he had secretly copied them somehow before we all changed our passwords, or if he was able to hack our drive, or if someone else was able to hack them via Kyle. There were definitely enough audio examples of Hedrick to construct some kind of deep fake voice. Oh, and as for me explaining what photography was, that's actually one of the only parts that wasn't totally altered. It looks like some people can't detect my sarcasm, though. I mean, Hedrick didn't at the time. But we'll talk more about Kyle's audio montage and his involvement in all this later. In the recording, Hedrick said, that's enough for now. I think he may have thought that Elizabeth or someone working with her could be listening in somehow. The sharing members were wary about being recorded and not only by sporadic phantoms. Right after that meeting, Hedrick pulled me aside and said, we needed to talk outside of the sharing where we didn't have to worry about being potentially recorded. Mind you, I hadn't really spoken one-on-one -on -one with him in a while, so I was concerned, but we met up at a cafe, a safe place to talk. And to my surprise, when we arrived, Stevie was there too. Stevie, who I wasn't sure I could totally trust. Stevie, who I thought could have betrayed me and the investigation. Stevie, who could have been a mole secretly working with the sharing. Could Stevie be in on Elizabeth's secret society as well? No, that would be so unlike her. It turned out Stevie had taken some unexpected actions involving the sharing during the investigation. And I had been unable to see that her intentions were good and extremely helpful. So Stevie had been working with the sharing, but in doing so, she saved the investigation. Hedrick and Stevie had some pieces of information that 
I didn't know about. And I spoke with them openly about Elizabeth's texts, her secret meetings, and her blackmail. And that's when we finally started to piece everything together. It's also when I found out what Stevie had been doing since late July. You know, it is really a shame about Elizabeth. BU now had so many things going for it. Elizabeth aside, at the core of BU now was a strong, positive philosophy. Maybe it could be revived without- I think the other tracks are fine. BU now was shaped by Elizabeth. It's tainted. It can't be taught anymore. Things have to change. It's true that with Be You Now and Elizabeth gone, the sharing can move towards a kinder, gentler future. That's important. It is. But you know we wouldn't have found out as much as we did if it wasn't for me. We probably wouldn't be talking about this together at all if I hadn't done what I did months ago. All right, so let's go back to around May. That was when a sound file I had uploaded of people in this very basement went missing from our Google Drive, right after that field trip to the gardens. At the time, we speculated that it could have been hackers. It could have been Elizabeth or maybe Nancy Candleton, both of whom Kyle was close with. Or it could have been this new presence we first encountered in that first virtual sharing meeting, Share the Truth. I think at that point, Robin and I both figured Kyle had something to do with it. But saying that out loud to him at the time? (laughs) Robin had her suspicions, but wouldn't actually bring it up. Even though she, like me, didn't want to dismiss Dolan's evidence, she caved into Kyle's wishes. It was back in the summer when I not only thought Elizabeth was super suspicious, but I was starting to not feel comfortable working with Kyle either. I mean, Occam's razor, the three of us were the only ones who knew the Google Drive password. The timing was right. It was obvious. And a while later, after Richard Dolan showed us those emails he had dug up between Elizabeth and Ferrand, Kyle totally derailed it and insisted on going after Peter Stinton. I was like, wait, what? How did that just happen? I could understand being skeptical, but totally dismissing it? Something was up. Of course, Kyle had been gunning for Stinton almost the entire investigation for reasons that were extremely tenuous at best. And notice that Nancy was the person who got us closer to Stinton by getting us tickets for the benefit dinner he was speaking at really coincidentally. So anyway, after Dolan left that day, I called him. I couldn't just let that information go. That would be insane. I just couldn't let Robin or Kyle know yet. And guys, sure, I was the one who thought maybe it would be wise to get an outside opinion. But listen back. Robin could have gone with any of the other experts I'd Googled. And the fact that we had a big sponsor that month, we could have easily used that money for anything or to get some other expert to work with us. So for those of you saying it was my idea to contact Dolan, like it was some kind of setup, (laughs) 
You're mistaken. He really was a neutral party. It was my idea. So Dolan and I had a talk. He was disturbed how Kyle had immediately shut down his evidence. But he did say he had more where that came from. And boy, did he. It was irrefutable. Elizabeth had done some really bad things within the sharing and, well, she was planning on doing more. How much did the other full members know about this? I figured they must know at least something, if not the full picture. So I decided to do something that neither Robin nor Kyle would have approved of. Dolan and I took his evidence to my sister. We needed to get some kind of explanation from the sharing and see if they knew anything about it. And Nicole was the safest person we could talk to. Yeah, I know. It's the last thing Robin or Kyle would want to do. You understand why I couldn't tell them. Honestly, I was a little irritated with both of them at the time, but I didn't know what else I could do. The situation was getting serious. By the way, Nicole, what was your reaction when I first showed you Dolan's evidence? I wish I could say I was totally shocked, but it made so much sense. Oh, yeah, we have Nicole and Hedrick here in the studio with us today. Howdy, folks. We had been trying to figure out how to deal with Elizabeth for months. We know she had been trying to take more and more control of the sharing, but we just didn't have any concrete evidence to connect her with anything we suspected. And still, once we finally had the evidence, there were too many factors that made contacting the authorities too risky. Plus, she held a lot of sway in the sharing, which made things uh, difficult. That's why we couldn't go through the normal channels. See, it was connecting the dots from Dolan's evidence to the activities in the sharing that Nicole revealed to me that not only finally helped me understand what was happening, but for the first time, the sharing understood too. For the first time, everything fit. It made sense to take it to Hedrick as well. Once we were on the same page, we decided we could still do something about it. Yeah, but you had this snag. Kyle. Right. We knew Kyle was close with Elizabeth, and that was a very dangerous connection. We also knew that the sporadic phantoms were spreading a lot of falsehoods about the sharing. Nothing definitive, of course, but some serious allegations and theories were thrown around that did damage the sharing's reputation. I have to admit that at first I just wanted you to stop the investigation altogether. I can't say I blame you, but I knew that if we gave up on the podcast, we would lose our platform and maybe the truth, whatever it was, would never get out. So we made a compromise. We decided to do something which in hindsight was a little sneaky, but at the same time was necessary. With the support of the sharing, I tried to help Robin accept this evidence against Elizabeth and to try to take down Elizabeth from the inside and eventually right the wrongs we had done to the sharing from our podcast. We definitely owed it to them. I just couldn't let Robin or Kyle know I was working with the sharing on this. Of course, then we heard that recording from Share the Truth in episode seven. The full members discussion was totally spun as manipulating the investigation, manipulating the podcast, when it was really about finding a way to supply sporadic phantoms and our listeners with the truth. Share the Truth somehow found out I was connecting with the sharing. 
and they use that information to sow distrust between us. It was like, boom, there was all the suspicion put on me and on everyone when the sharing and I were just trying to help. Oh, and notice that any time you heard the full members implying that the sharing was forcing people to do anything? Yeah, again, altered footage. Out of context. Deep faked. Or spliced together. So if we're going to talk about manipulation, let's talk about how Share the Truth thought they could manipulate us with their mysterious fake recordings. You can probably guess that once we mutually told Kyle he should lead the investigation, I knew that Robin and I had to finally speak with the sharing together, but she still wasn't convinced that the sharing wasn't helping Elizabeth. So what could I do? Well, I could try to get further proof that the sharing was dealing with some real trouble from Elizabeth. Hence that recording of Nicole and Hedrick I obtained in episode eight. And sorry about sneaking into your purse, by the way, but that way I really could record a candid conversation. Oh, that's okay. I figured out what you were trying to do when you dropped off Maddie later that night. And since you'd probably be recording that whole interaction for your podcast, I kindly dropped the hint, for Robin's sake, that the sharing had legitimate cause for concern about Elizabeth. Yeah, after that I really needed to set up a meeting between us and Hedrick. Robin would understand. Coincidentally, that meeting didn't work out because of the teenagers at the fireworks at the beach, but c'est la vie. So, that's my big crime. My big so-called betrayal. I was just trying to help when you were so influenced by Kyle, Elizabeth, and share the truth. But I had to be low-key about it or else you'd probably kick me out too. Thank you, Stevie. Without your boldness to see beyond the lies and work with the sharing from the inside, I don't think we would have gotten anywhere. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, by now you all may be asking, what was Elizabeth really trying to do, and why? And what did Share the Truth or Kyle have to do with it? Well, you don't have to listen to just me talking about it. I also invited the person who was able to uncover the documents that reveal that information. Richard Dolan, private cult investigator. Pleasure to be here. Candy canes, anyone? How festive. He's going to help us tell you all what we'd all been missing and how all the trouble in the sharing started stemming from Elizabeth and her connection with the Dapson Lumber Project. Hmm. But that'll happen right after these messages. Parents, kids, the wait is over. Get ready to feel the beat with Nice Is Neat. Get their brand new album, Pretty Cute and Clean, featuring brand new songs like Bread Like a Roll. Bread Like a Roll! Fresh guacamole! Veggies and beans! So healthy and whole! Food helps me grow! That is my goal! Empty my plate! Until I get full! The Perfect Dog! You are the perfect dog! The perfect dog! The perfect dog! Nice as Neat's newest hit single, Chosen by God. So Noah rounded up the animals. And to 
These are the songs that kids and teens are going nuts for. This is industrial music just for us. And it's totally parent-approved. This is one album that the kids and I can listen to together. Nice is Neat is perfect for car trips, kids' parties, or just hanging out with friends. Nice is Neat gets me pumped. Hey, Kent Dazzler here. Join me on an upward spiral of fun. Move your feet with Nice is Neat. Wholesome industrial music with positive messages that the whole family can enjoy. Available now wherever music is sold. Welcome back to Sporadic Phantoms. So, Nicole, Hedrick, Richard, Robin and I are grateful that you're all here to tell our listeners another side of what was really happening in the sharing. Of course, sis. As I said before, speaking for the sharing, we're glad we were finally able to come to a mutual understanding and work together on this. I hadn't thought I'd see the day, but here we are. <laughs> it's only my job, Stevie. Once again, I'm happy to provide the vital pieces to the puzzle that no one else was able to obtain. Right. So, where do we start? Let's start from the very, very beginning. It all started with a psychology graduate student's quest for her own recognition. Elizabeth Lee was a promising student, inquisitive, bright, but sick and tired of the antiquated methods of Freud and his ilk, she sought a different approach. In her search, she made a connection with a dashing young man named Lord David Altman, who had turned his life around in his quest for the betterment of humanity and who was already helping many others in regular meetings of philosophical discussions, real outside-the-box thinking. This was the very beginning of what we now know as the sharing. Elizabeth realized the sharing could offer her greater opportunities for success than a, a graduate degree, so she became a founding member of the organization. Yes, even before my time here. As the sharing was in its nascency, Elizabeth played an important part in helping Altman develop the practical applications of his philosophies. It was bold, transgressive stuff. Then, a few years later, as we know, Altman died. Elizabeth became one of the Sharing's primary teachers, leading others in the practical methods and teachings that Altman had transmitted to her. Eventually, this was branded as Be You Now especially as other full-member tracks were formed during Stinton's presidency. She was our only founding member to choose to not be a member of our council. Now, you may have heard the Sharing's Council referenced in this podcast. Yeah, it turns out it's not the Illuminati, right? <laughs> it's simply a group of our founding members who help shape the Sharing. It's an example of collective leadership that takes the focus off of any one leader, whether that's Altman or our current president, Peter Stinton. But Elizabeth chose to lead BU Now at the Sharing, a more hands-on role. Interesting thinking about that choice now. And BU Now had its moment. Many of our full members have gotten to where they are now through the completion of BU Now and are grateful to have done so. Let me be clear, there was nothing wrong per se with BU Now as a program. 
There was a point where things started to change. Yeah, we started to notice that Elizabeth became more and more disgruntled when we introduced alternate full member tracks. It was as if she couldn't see that Altman's teachings were threaded through all full member tracks. Full member tracks further decentralized the focus of the sharing from being about one person to being about what we can do together. And it seemed that she wanted to use BU Now for self-promotion, which is a misunderstanding of Altman's intentions in the first place. It was as if she thought of herself as his replacement. As far as Altman's death in 2016, we have no proof of foul play. But isn't it striking how upon his death, a space was opened for Elizabeth Lee to step in and rise to a prominent position in the sharing? Hmm. So, as the sharing was changing and growing, she wanted Be You Now to be the be-all and all and we know now that she wanted, deep down, to lead her own group, to be a cult leader. But breaking off from the sharing entirely was not something that would be advantageous for her. No, the sharing presented too good of an opportunity. She could siphon followers from the sharing. Of course, in order to do that, she would have to alter some of the Be You Now content. We heard a moving testimonial just now from Robin about this. But one missing piece we have now is that Elizabeth had ambitions to build her own center. Here's where I should step in and explain that some months before the Daps and Lumber project, money went missing from the sharing's accounts. It was a huge setback. Thousands and thousands of dollars suddenly gone. Of course we contacted the authorities. But you have to understand, it was gone without a trace. The authorities had no leads on where the money went or how it was accessed. Did we suspect Elizabeth had anything to do with it? At first, no. But could she afford to construct a building of some sort? With the graduate student loan debt she was in? No, no way. She needed money. And lots of it. Now. I have found evidence of Elizabeth making a deal with some very dangerous criminals in order to pursue her goal. Enter a group known as Share the Truth. These are the pieces that needed to be linked this whole time. The money going missing, which we didn't know about, and Elizabeth working with Share the Truth to fund the Dapson project. Precisely. Now, in the documents I have procured, we see that two months before the quote-unquote Dapson project, Elizabeth sought assistance on the dark web. At first, it seems she was looking for a source of funds or backers. But she also knew very well that what she wanted to build was possibly illegal. And a friendly, welcoming community center like this wasn't ideal for her. She needed a remote location for her plans hidden from the public. She needed the funds, protection, and the ability to hide or manipulate information. We then see that she encountered an elusive hacker group called Share the Truth. Indeed, it was Share the Truth who convinced Elizabeth to embezzle funds from the sharing, with their help, so that she could pay Daps and Lumber, other contractors, 
architects, and to try to pay some people off to ensure that her sinister project would succeed. Thus, Share the Truth and Elizabeth made their deal. Elizabeth intended to create her own compound in Los Madres National Forest, possibly stockpile it with weapons, and recruit full members to defect from the sharing and join her via her BU Now program. And with the help of Share the Truth, she was stealing money directly from the sharing to do it. Of course, by falsely attaching names affiliated with the sharing to the project, she attempted to give the project credibility, removing her name from it, and, if necessary, claimed that the sharing was even financing the project themselves. It all adds up. It's all here in the documents. Not only emails, but budget spreadsheets, construction estimates, blueprints. Take a look again if you want. Her project, unfortunately for her, failed. She ran into some issues paying off the members of the Pacific Southwest Regional Environmental Impact Committee. The sharing's own William Dyers, who was on that committee, would never approve of such a thing, of course. In his case, he, unfortunately, was one of the several people under threat by Share the Truth. But he knew that his fellow committee members would ensure the project would never go forward. Before receiving approval from the committee, Elizabeth had already spent much of the sharing stolen funds paying Share the Truth, Dapson Lumber, and another contractor to begin the project in the forest. Oh, and Matcom Technologies. Ah, yes, Matcom. You all may have heard that they are government contractors. Well, they do good work, including engineering something described to Stevie by a director of digital marketing as detecting energetic frequencies of living things in a harried Starbucks encounter. Okay, well, that's one way of putting it. It's almost certain that Elizabeth was after the sharing state-of-the-art walkthrough COVID detector, which was developed by engineers who happened to work with Matcom who also happen to be members of the sharing. It's an exclusive technology that is still in development with Matcom at this time, but the sharing was able to get first access to this wonderful technology because we strive to do everything possible to make our meetings comfortable and safe. We're thinking bigger, we're making important connections, and we are innovators who are setting out to change the world. Yes, after all, COVID could have put a stop to her plans as well. So then, as for Stephen Ferrand, Share the Truth doxed him. No wonder that other committee member you had spoken with, Jeff Cordova, said that Ferrand was nowhere to be found. He probably thought you had something to do with the doxing, and therefore had to hide Ferrand's personal information and whereabouts. But clearly, he didn't have all of his information straight. Yeah, so I guess Share the Truth got a cut of the money they stole, but Elizabeth was left with nothing, right? Yes. And that's when we see more problems cropping up within the sharing. If she couldn't get her own outside facility, she would try to overtake the sharing from within. But she still couldn't do that on her own. She needed Share the Truth's help. So we know why Share the Truth was trying to lead us to believe the sharing was a dangerous cult, right? and that no one in it could be trusted? 
Elizabeth had some trouble getting people to defect from the sharing to her new organization. She needed some help. And what better way to do that than to convince them that the sharing was dangerous and that she offered a better option. So the Zoom meeting interruption, the internet going down during that outdoor gala, and the messages we received, all of those things were done by Share the Truth. They were hijacking our platform. They targeted us because they were slowly convincing us that they were helping our investigation. It was all to use us to damage the sharing. They employed all kinds of tactics. To you, they put on the guise of a team of rogue freedom fighters. They were even monitoring our meetings, both to spy on us and to record us and alter the audio. With Elizabeth's help, they manipulated Kyle in particular, feeding his overactive imagination and pitting him against Mr. Stinton. What was in it for Share the Truth if Elizabeth didn't have the resources to pay them anymore? Why didn't they steal from the sharing again? Well, she was pushing her luck with that already. And either they were holding out for some long-term reward, or they were operating on their own agenda. The latter is much more likely. From what we know, Share the Truth is a, a nebulous collective. Though we don't know the full scope of their forces, we suspect they are smaller in numbers and say, uh, anonymous, but are nonetheless a group with chaotic motives and goals. This doesn't stop at the sharing. These agents of chaos target other do-gooders and enable people like Elizabeth to carry out their most twisted ideations. They're not just in it for the money. They want to watch the world burn. This is why they are not only hackers, but cyber terrorists. And without Share the Truth, I highly doubt Elizabeth would have been able to do anything she did. Maybe she would have just gotten some therapy to deal with her anger issues, and none of this would have ever happened. Wow. So can we talk about how Kyle got wrapped up in all of this? And the truth of what happened on the day of that live stream. Kyle wasn't part of Share the Truth from the beginning. There's no way that he conspired with them this whole time. I refuse to believe that. No, that's not what he did. It is sad what happened with him, though. The logic and the evidence do paint a different picture. Let's cover a couple of important points regarding Kyle. Elizabeth was able to sense how open-minded Kyle was. I think this is why she brought him close to her. After the first sharing meeting we all attended, he defended her like crazy. Weird, right? That was after she mentioned the phrase, killing birds. Ever heard of the phrase, killing two birds with one stone? Once again, that whole conversation between Tom and Elizabeth was an example of jumping to conclusions based on hearing something out of context and not getting full member lingo. It's just a bit of melodrama. We're very close-knit as a community. Many phrases and terms you may have heard full members say aren't so easily comprehensible to folks outside of the sharing, and that's entirely to be expected. But that's why so many of your recordings were misinterpreted beyond Share the Truth's interference. Exactly. But that wasn't the point when he even knew what she was doing in the sharing. Whatever she told him, though, it got him. 
It could have been about some of Altman's work that she stood by. If I heard that, I would have been captivated as well. That was also at a time when lockdown and limitations on gatherings were still a thing. Before vaccines were available, it was the first time the sharing had a regular in-person meeting in a long time. Face it, Kyle would have done anything for any woman who showed him an iota of attention at the time. So, episode four. Kyle followed a bird into the community center. Remember that? And, okay, Kyle was obsessed with birds from the beginning. Any coincidental bird sighting meant something to him. He made his way to the basement door, and he got some recording. Immediately, he says it was a tiger. So was that the point when he was trying to cover for Elizabeth? Actually, no. If he was, why would he bring up the basement to us at all? Elizabeth was outside in the crowd when Kyle was running into the building. But based on Kyle's recording, he might have caught some activity related to her. And it wasn't a tiger. No. Richard, can you explain? Listen to Kyle's recording again. Now, listen to the following sounds. Notice any similarities? The second batch of sounds was furniture being moved. Recall that when I first inspected the basement, I noticed a leaky boiler and spare furniture. A leaky boiler may not make sounds exactly like that, but furniture being moved? Unmistakable. Some folks must have been down there, moving furniture, possibly to make room for one of Elizabeth's sessions that evening, or it could have been completely innocuous spring cleaning. And we went through that trip to the zoo because of what Kyle thought it was. Dr. Green may have thought it sounded like a tiger, but she's around tigers all day. She probably thinks anything could sound like a tiger. Kyle may not have been trying to cover for Elizabeth yet, but it coincidentally or not, got us off track. Maybe Elizabeth heard the recording and encouraged him that it was a tiger. If so, she was manipulating him at that point. He also tried to get Nancy Candleton to be an informant. His connection with her was strange based on what we know now, but more on that later. By the way, the gardens trip, please understand that all that stuff about Maddie and Tom and Stinton really wasn't any of our business. Jess wanted Maddie to join BU now. Let me jump in here. I'm her mom. Tom and Hedrick had a hunch that Elizabeth was taking BU now too far. Of course, Mr. Stinton did too. I had spoken with them already about my concerns. Maddie is impressionable and as her mom, I know what's best for her, like putting Maddie on a different full member track. So nothing that was said was surprising to me or any way concerning. It looks like Tom had a bit of a crush on her though, and they went off for a while to talk. And yes, we had to talk about that when she came home. Still, kids will be kids. Maddie isn't even a full member yet. She never even got close to Elizabeth. And she's doing great in the sharing. 
we were really influenced by what we believed about Peter Stinton via Kyle, via Elizabeth, via Share the Truth. That day, when we got back to the community center, remember that Kyle went to go talk with Elizabeth. Uh, What the hell is this? I don't know. I warned you both about this. (laughs) Maddie and I are out of here. I'm going to try to find Elizabeth before the full members have to meet and ask her what the hell is going on. Here's where a whole lot of things happened. One, we know for a fact that this is when Elizabeth told Kyle that Peter Stinton was trying to get her kicked out of the sharing and stop Be You Now. We heard it. Has Peter Stinton been giving people direct orders to try to stop you? To take down Be You Now? To not talk about things that are going on in the sharing? Is he trying to control you somehow? What's really going on, Liz? And that was basically true, but she didn't tell him the real reasons why that was happening. We also know that Kyle stopped recording in the middle of that conversation. That is because that's when Kyle told her about the investigation. It's also when Elizabeth told Kyle her plans and that she was working with Share the Truth to take down the sharing. She painted herself as both a victim and a savior. Right before Kyle went to talk with Elizabeth, that's when I was looking for Maddie. And I heard a different kind of sound from the basement. It was very obviously people's voices. Some screams really weird sounding. I uploaded it to our Google Drive right away, and later it was gone. Now we know what happened to it. Kyle met up with Elizabeth in her office after she was doing whatever she was doing in the basement. They had their conversation. Kyle was with her at the time when he saw the file pop up in the drive. Kyle listened to it. He asked Elizabeth about it. She tried to get Kyle to delete it right away. He asked why. That's when she had to admit to Kyle that she was doing something down there. But Kyle would do anything for her. So he deleted the file, deleting the evidence. And he covered for her. And how do we know this? Timestamps. Logic. Analysis. Kyle may not have believed that he was covering up something nefarious, but the fact is that he did. And that's what started his involvement with Share the Truth, too. He thought he was helping Elizabeth. He became really interested in Share the Truth, at one point even suggesting that we try to contact them. But Share the Truth was using him to manipulate all of us. Think about the benefit dinner. Maybe he really did think he would get a recording of Stinton that would help Elizabeth. But the fact is that Share the Truth prevented him from accessing Stinton. If he had gotten a recording of Stinton, well, it would be uneventful, of course. 
Share the Truth gave him doctored audio instead. Kyle knew their password already. He was already working with them. We aren't sure whether he was far gone enough to intentionally manipulate us at that point, or if he was holding on to a belief that Share the Truth was presenting him with real, incriminating evidence against Stinton. I'm leaning towards he was fully working with Share the Truth to falsify evidence against Stinton. It didn't matter if the recordings were real or not. He was too sucked in. Cognitive dissonance. He thought he was doing a good thing regardless, and when you get sucked into something, you start to question things less and less. It could be. He got in deep with them. Share the truth was even monitoring us. They wanted to keep tabs on Kyle. Though one of their recordings didn't make Elizabeth look great either. That's when Share the Truth was starting to incorporate a bit of their signature chaos. Same with them trying to cause chaos among the three of us. I think this was the point when Share the Truth started to let loose and their real agenda shone through. Speaking of chaos, can I address those weird squelching background noises in the Share the Truth recordings for a second? Because people have been asking about it. The only time those strange noises were heard were in the recordings given to us by Share the Truth. During the Stinton backstage conversation and during Kyle's live stream. Yes, Share the Truth helped Kyle alter audio in the live stream. And we'll get to that in a second. See, when you're editing audio and you need to remove certain background noises and sounds, sometimes there's only so much that you can do in the editing process. At some point, there will always be artifacts and leftover sounds. Take it from me. After months of trying to correct all the static and weird reverb that would occasionally come up in Stevie and Kyle's voice recordings, it happens. They could have done a better job getting rid of those sounds. I could have edited better than that. But they also probably left it like that because they knew it would fuel Kyle's imagination. They could have intentionally put those sounds in for that reason. The live stream. The live stream really sealed the deal. That's when Kyle really flipped out. We know the live stream came across as very shocking. It's nuts how some listeners ate up the whole thing. That's what was most shocking to me about it. One thing that probably did happen, Elizabeth was trying to get Kyle to take some kind of like alternative medicine thing she was into. Just like she did with the BU Now people. Like I said before. She was unhinged. Something like that shouldn't have been too surprising. Share the Truth knew Elizabeth was into bizarre treatments like that. I mean, hasn't anyone heard of the new age detox cures they have out there? People drink turpentine. They bathe in urine. People are out there ingesting mud with heavy metals in it. And inhaling hydrogen peroxide to prevent COVID instead of wearing a mask. Whatever Elizabeth was doing was no stranger than any of that. It was her alternative healing methods wrapped up in her self-centered philosophies. But Share the Truth knew how Kyle would interpret it, and they helped him play it up for everyone listening. Question. Why did this happen at all? 
this whole thing happened because Kyle finally found out what he was really supporting this whole time. I think the truth about Elizabeth finally hit him. He must have found out about her secret society plot and that she stole all that money. But what was he going to do? He was covering up for her. He was already working with Share the Truth. That could get him in trouble with the law. Kyle was also really pissed off at us for kicking him out and not believing him about the animal stuff. He wanted to get back at us big time. The live stream was a setup between Kyle and Share the Truth, and there's plenty of evidence that proves it. The only way he could have gotten away with that live stream is if he had help from them. He made his own deal with Share the Truth. They would help distance him from Elizabeth and her crimes, make him look innocent. And the stuff you heard that's pretty unbelievable, like laser guns, aliens, animal fights, etc. That was all put there by Share the Truth to cover up what really happened. And to try to make our listeners think that Kyle was actually right about his sci-fi animal conspiracy all along. All the while, Kyle could get his revenge on us by dragging sporadic phantoms through the mud via audio manipulation and by destroying our studio equipment in a fit of man rage. So what did Share the Truth get from Kyle in exchange? They got him to join them. After all, Kyle knew they wanted to destroy the sharing. They convinced him that was a good idea. Maybe they radicalized him. Maybe they still lied to him about Stinton. Maybe they've blackmailed him. Maybe they thought Kyle was pathetic and that it would be funny. We don't totally know. All we know is that we haven't seen Kyle since that day. Go to the beginning of the stream. Kyle plays a recording of Elizabeth in her office. Then Nancy Candleton arrives and supposedly shoots down the door with a laser gun. Supposedly shoots Elizabeth in a laser shootout escapes the community center with Kyle, gives him a USB, and leaves. That confirms it. Nancy was also working with Share the Truth the entire time. Think about it. Nancy is the one who first mentioned the Dapson project. She's the first one who mentioned anything about birds to Kyle. She was part of the initial setup. She agrees to be an insider in the sharing, making Kyle believe she could be trusted. She gets us really expensive tickets to a benefit that Stinton happens to be speaking at. And she was there when Share the Truth happened to give Kyle a bunch of info on a USB. And in the live stream, she's made out to be some kind of hero, just like Kyle. But she was some kind of Share the Truth operative as well. You know how we really know? Obviously, because she gave Kyle another USB from Share the Truth but also because she's been missing since the live stream too. Kyle broke into our studio. That part was real. I showed up. That's real too. I tried to reason with him, but suddenly everything went dark. That's why I was surprised and yelling about a light. Then everything really went dark. Someone snuck up behind me and knocked me out cold. Kyle wasn't alone. Someone from Share the Truth was with him. After they knocked me out, commenced destruction of our stuff. And some of our listeners have asked, 
How could all that possibly have been faked? When to us, it's really obvious. First of all, you have to understand that the events you heard, the ones that were true, happened earlier in the day. Kyle made it seem like it happened around 8.30 or 9 at night. Yeah, it was around 2 p.m. The live stream wasn't exactly live. I thought it was live streaming already when everything was taking place, but he wasn't really. And I realize now that was only to get me to come to the studio. I got a notification that it was live, so, so that I would react as if it was live. But that was some hacking from Share the Truth too. That gave Kyle and Share the Truth several hours in our studio to edit over the audio to produce what you ended up hearing. Obviously, a lot of the sound montages were pre-planned. Open up the recording and editing software. Add animal sound effects. Ever hear of freesound.org? You can download practically any kind of sound effect from there. You can layer all kinds of sounds. You can even rip from copyright-free sound effect videos on YouTube. The whole animal battle was faked with sound effects. And it was played right at the time he was smashing all of our equipment with a baseball bat. He had the montage ready to go. The entire live stream was just a complex layering of copyright-free and public domain sound effects created in Adobe Audition software. And then he sprayed fake blood everywhere. Well, I hope it was just fake blood. And some things that looked like animal parts. He was totally inspired by that protest he did in college. Remember? I was also part of the student vegan organization. We advocated for animal rights. Like, we set up cages and sat in them dressed as foxes dripping with fake blood. Just opening people's eyes. Exactly. And that's what makes it even more obvious that it was all a setup. I should have known, but I didn't piece it together at the time. Then, as previously mentioned, he played the altered recording of me, punched me in the face, and I woke up later, and he was gone. No, Jess was never there. Another deep fake. Okay, listen to this. There are websites out there that can make deepfaked voices for you. Here's one I did of my own voice. Welcome to Sporadic Phantoms. My name is Robin. We can't tell you our last names out of fear of retaliation. This is a deepfake voice of Robin. It's not real. Okay, that was just a free demo version. So it's far from perfect. But... Imagine how much better a paid version with more voice samples would be. When we were both conscious again, we got up and called the cops about a break-in. Share the truth can cover their tracks pretty well, though, so things are inconclusive. So, did Kyle really believe his animal experimentation conspiracy? I think he really did believe it for a long time. But by the time of the live stream, he knew deep down that it wasn't true, and he felt ashamed. Why was it so bizarrely specific in his head? Why the aliens, and the slugs, and the animals, and the lasers, and a gorilla sweeping him off his feet? Who knows? 
It could be some repressed memory of a children's book series he read as a kid that's coming up now because he's so pent up with rage about the state of the world, and he had to turn to comfort and nostalgia of a kid's sci-fi story just to get through the year. Could be. It's been rough for everyone. Well, there's one more question you may be asking. What happened to Elizabeth? Did Nancy shoot her? Did she kill her? Hedrick, can you tell us more about that? We don't have to worry about Elizabeth interfering with the sharing anymore, which is good. But on the day of the live stream, we heard some commotion coming from around Elizabeth's office. We got there, and there was some knocked over furniture. Nothing looked like a laser gun battle had just happened. But some kind of scuffle sure did, or at least the appearance of a scuffle. And there was no one there. No Elizabeth. She got away. On her own, or with the help of backup, we don't know. We don't know if she's dead or alive. That makes me think that Elizabeth could have been in on this too. It could have been a way for her to go into hiding as well. There are a lot of unanswered questions. We went into this whole thing thinking that the sharing could be responsible for a missing person. And now we have three missing people, none of whom were disappeared by the sharing at all. It's all because of Share the Truth. In a way, they are the dangerous cult that we've been looking for this whole time. We have contacted the authorities, but like before, they seem to be stumped so far. At the sharing, it's important that we take care of our own. As misguided as Elizabeth, Kyle, and Nancy may have been, the sharing will always lend a helping hand, and we'll do our best to find them. Who knows what Share the Truth will do next? Who knows what kind of horrible crimes they'll allow to happen? What is Kyle doing with them? Ugh, we have Let's to find not it. Get too worked up about it yet. Let's all just take a deep breath together. <sighs> so that's it. That's pretty much everything that happened. Wait. One last thing that's been on my mind. What? Phillips. Who? Phillips, who sent us an email warning us that the sharing was a cult. It was right after our first episode that they sent it. You know, that's the first time the word cult was even mentioned to us. So let me ask, would we have a listener already thinking that at that point? Or could that have been the first seeds planted by Share the Truth? Because if so... We should find out who sent that email. Actually, we probably don't have to work too hard to figure out who sent it. I think I know who it could be. You do? Yeah. There's someone in our Discord who mentions Phillips more frequently than anyone else. And I thought it was just some conspiracy theorist at first, but... If we think Phillips could be a lead... It would be worth pursuing that person, in addition to the email itself. It won't be difficult to track. That's something we can get on 
fairly easily. And we suspect that the place of origin of some of Share the Truth's members could be more local than previously thought. You're right, though, Stevie. I'm getting ahead of myself. Already talking about next steps when we still need to process everything. Then let's wrap it up. We've all been through a lot. We don't need to jump to the next steps immediately. You're right. Thank you for being here, Richard. Remember, I'm here whenever you need the sensitivity, the knowledge, and the eye. And with Share the Truth out there, it's a dire situation. I'm willing to give you a hefty discount the next time you need my services. I'm sure we'll be in touch. And thank you, Nicole and Hedrick, for helping us explain this whole mess. Anything to help my sister. Hey, we're all like family now. And from sporadic phantoms to the sharing, we're sorry. We're very sorry. We're sorry that we were so wrong about you. Apology accepted. Look where we are now. We all pulled through and know much more about the situation than before. And with the spirit of teamwork, we're going to work together from now on. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited for the sharing's New Year's Eve party happening tonight. Who's coming? I don't know. That goes a little bit past my bedtime. Aw, come on, Robin. It'll be fun. (laughs) Heck, I could use a night out myself. Nicole, are you coming? We go every year. I'm not going to miss it this year. You know, I am glad that we were wrong about the sharing. It's actually a ton of fun. Seriously. Now, every time I go to one of their events, I'm like, faith in humanity restored. Told you. You didn't tell me that full membership would be so amazing, though. Everyone should join the sharing. This year is going to be so different now that we are full members. Oh, and any of you guys listening out there, join the sharing. Yeah, join the sharing. What the hell? (laughs) Cheers, everyone. Richard, get over here. Cheers. Ladies, ladies, the ball is about to drop. Happy 2022. <clears throat> I'm back in Los Madres National Forest, where it all began. I'm not investigating anything right now. I just needed some fresh air, to be honest. Still processing everything that happened and what we have to do next. But out here, it gives you space to think. And things look different somehow now. Even being in the same place we were one year ago. I'm looking out through new eyes. Being a full member of the sharing really does change your perspective on everything. 
those owls. I don't want to hear another word about those damn owls. Well, as this chapter closes, another one opens. So I wanted to let you all know that we are going to take a bit of a break so that we can reassess how we're going to continue. Sporadic Phantoms is shifting gears. With the help of our listeners and the outreach of our podcast, the police, and the sharing, we're going to look for Kyle. After all, he is like a brother to us. Of course, we're going to do everything we can to find him. Kyle, if you're listening, you can come back to us. And if we find him, that could lead us to Nancy or Elizabeth. And any of them can lead us to share the truth. Share the truth made all this destruction possible. They're the ones who enabled so much suffering. This is bigger than the sharing. Bigger than any of us. So, that's our new priority. We're going to find out who Share the Truth really are. And we're going to help bring them to justice. No. Those are weasel words. We're going to... We're going to get them. That concludes Sporadic Phantoms, Episode 11, The Apology. And that also concludes Sporadic Phantoms, Season 1. I'm sure you can understand that we need to recharge after a whole year of paranoia and intensive audio editing. We want to thank all of our listeners for sticking with us through this wild experiment of an investigation. Special thanks to K.A. Applegate, Julie Becker, Neil Ciceriga, Megan Griffin, Jesse Honard, Ryan Murphy, Robin Robbins, Abby Savoy, Lily Varnado, and Nate Varnado. And shout out to our newest Patreon patron, Kravik. Thanks to you, we donated your money directly to the sharing. We'll be sure to announce when we will come back. In the meantime, be on the lookout for different kinds of releases, such as videos on our YouTube channel for the rest of our sponsors, and transcripts for all of our episodes, maybe even some events. And we do have a special event coming up on February 6th, so mark your calendars. We'll let you all know more about that. We won't be there, though. And if you have any leads on the whereabouts of Kyle Stevenson, Nancy Candleton, Elizabeth Lee, or especially the identities or whereabouts of the Share the Truth Collective, don't hesitate to reach out to us. As our investigation is now changed, please feel free to email us once again at sporadicphantoms at gmail.com. We'll also still be around on our Discord and Twitter, and we want to hear from you and keep the discussion and speculation alive. All these links are on our website, sporadicphantoms.com. We tried to cover everything here, but if you have any lingering questions, please feel free to ask us. We have nothing to hide.
now that everything's been cleared up, I hope you're a little more at ease. We know things got weird for a minute. It got weird for us too. But we made it out okay, and so did the sharing. But don't rest too easy. Because Share the Truth is still out there. Share the Truth is dangerous. But you know us. If we have even a sporadic phantom of a hunch, we're going to pursue it. At this point, it's personal. And no, we don't know the exact extent of their forces or their allies. We don't know who they are or where they live, yet. All we know is they could be anyone. Yeah, even you.